0: Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Content Kettle. As promised, we are back with more conversations on e-commerce marketing and growth. This time, we will co-host the podcast to bring you the best tips from brands across industries and e-commerce experts. So, let's get started. Hi, Mehul. Welcome to Content Kettle.
1: Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you with us today. So for Those who haven't had a chance to meet Mehul before, he is the head of marketing at Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities is a brand that provides a wide range of skincare products, keeping in mind the sustainability and are super specific with zero waste. Uh, Yeah, almost all their products are handcrafted and 100% organic. And there's so much more and amazing work they are putting it out there. So I would let Mehul introduce him as well as his brand.
1: Yes, sure. So like you said, my name is Mehul. Everyone knows that now. I have been in the space for a while, like the last four or five years now with Bare Necessities itself. And before that, I was doing sustainability related things myself. Before this, I was in Canada where I pursued my master's with a focus in sustainability. During that time, I was kind of like getting bogged down by all the news because I was feeling that everyone is Every, everything that being talked about in the headlines is negative, right? And I literally came up with no solutions of people who are doing good things to tackle climate change or to tackle the plastic crisis and so on. So um, during my research, I, was, I started my own blog and I was writing my own blog post. And I came across, of course, Bare Necessities, the founder, who's Sahir Mansour. And I ended up kind of talking to her, understanding how to get involved. And then I joined as an intern uh, at Bare Necessities. So I think one thing that I would say is, of course, internship is looked at something that is Uh, very entry level and people look down upon it especially after you finish something like an MBA or a grad school thing or something so but sometimes the opportunity is there everyone nowadays is looking for people who have fresh perspectives so I think that really helped me kind of get into better necessities and I like you mentioned in addition to skincare we're just not only a skincare brand we're a personal care home care and lifestyle brand so your personal care would range from the moisturizers the soaps the shampoo bars the conditioner bars we have Things like um, these soaps that are literally like powders into liquid. Um, So you're eliminating a lot of footprint that comes associated with shipping just water. Um, So we've come up with some revolutionary products like that. And then on the home care side, we have the similar format, but in dish soap, laundry detergents, and so on. And um, lifestyle side is essentially the reusables, right? So cutlery, stainless steel straws, food wraps, anything that can help you tackle uh, your lifestyle and make it like as low waste as possible. So that's essentially what we do. Our vision is plain and simple we just want to make zero waste living like the norm uh, not the exception right now it's like something that is up here for people or they think it's like this huge goal right but actually it's just a lifestyle and um, based on that like bare necessities we not only do we do products we have education on the side so we have these online courses that are recognized by unesco as a climate action resource now and we have three of them one on zero waste one on sustainability and one on circular economy And each of these, we've opened a bunch of experts. We call in everyone to talk about the concepts that we are literally trying to talk to you about through products, right? So we do these things. And of course, that comes with its clever marketing leverage. It's not, uh, now it's, those are courses, but educational courses, but I can talk more about the marketing part of those things um, a little bit later as well. But um, yeah, that's a little bit about us in a nutshell about bare necessities. We're based out of Bangalore. So if you're in Bangalore, come visit us as well.
0: That's a great introduction. And, you know, I just love the name bare necessities here. You know, it reflects a lot of things that y'all are doing, uh, you know? So, yeah. So when it comes to trying to stick to your brand, right? What you do and all of that, there's so much more that goes into when you are creating a new product, right? So how, how do you go about launching a new product in the market? And what are some of the key factors you look into before launching them?
1: Yeah. So like I kind of mentioned, like, like you said, the name is perfect, right? It's bare necessities. We're not a cosmetic brand, We're not a brand that is, um, that has products that you need to look a certain way or to be a certain way or anything like that. The products that we have in our product line is literally your daily necessities, right? So from when you wake up to when you sleep. So you wake up, you have bamboo toothbrushes, you have your toothpaste, you have your tooth powders, you have to shower, you have your soaps, you have your shampoo bars, and you have a moisturizer after that. You have your lip balms because we need lip balms. And then thereafter, you have anything that you need in terms of cutlery, reusables, beeswax, food wraps, um, all these things that help you go, again, low waste with your lifestyle, right? So when it comes to launching a new product or thinking of something that we want to put out there, um, the first thing we think about is like, how much of a necessity is that product to people, right? So if it's not a necessity, then I'm not saying that like that's not the right way to do it or it's the wrong way to do it. But of course, other brands might be doing it for makeup specifically, or other brands might be doing it for cars or whatever, right? But for us, it's like, is it a necessity? And that's what we look at first. And if it's not, then it's like, okay, cool. What can we look at that is a necessity that we can revolutionize in a zero waste or sustainable way? So if I have to give you an example, we launched very recently two products in July, um, and that those are the products that are essentially powder into liquid, right? So uh, when you really think about it, when you buy hand soap and dish soap, a lot of times it comes with 90% water and 10% active ingredients, right? And then you ship that around. So you have logistics costs associated with it. You have water that is just being shipped around. And you have, even if you think about shelf space for a brand, that takes an insane amount of shelf space. So what we did is we we gave you the 10% active ingredients in a completely fully compostable sachet, right? And you use your tap water from your home And then essentially you put the powder in the water and 250 milliliters of hand wash and dish soap is made at your house, right? And these sachets are easily priced and accessibly priced. If you want the dispenser, you can also get a dispenser on our website. And that is also upcycled. So it's upcycled from um, an old wine bottle. So we try to keep the value and the ethos as much as we can. And the moment, that's another criteria that we have when we're launching products. If we find ourselves deviating a little bit from our value, then it's about how do we bring that back? Because that's, that's when we find it the easiest to kind of build a business. So that's how we typically go about launching products. It's about necessities. It's about what people need on a daily basis. Uh, once that happens, it's all, you know, the typical uh, product roadmap, right? So it's about ideating, it's about formulating, it's about uh, testing. And then it comes down to the marketing, which is like, how do I communicate this product so that people understand it and know that we're different, but also we're here to help you guys out. So that comes down to the communication.
0: That's amazing. Not a lot of brands are sticking to their core values, right? Uh, What I see here is if it's not adding to what y'all are doing, y'all are stepping back there. Yeah. That's, that's a good approach to take. um,
1: Yeah. I mean, we've definitely like learned that the hard way, right? So like you said, there's people who are out there being like, let's start a business, but like, we've obviously gone through our challenges. We've obviously gone through like mistakes that we've made during the pandemic. We were definitely like, Oh my God, what do we do when logistics is hit? Right. Uh, products were hit. Our women We have a completely women-run manufacturing team that comes from various socioeconomic backgrounds. And during the pandemic, we asked them to stay home, right? So we didn't want to downsize our team because we didn't want it to be like, we're not paying anyone. So we paid every single person. But at the same time, we were trying to figure out how best to bring in that revenue from somewhere else, right? And we found ourselves deviating. We found ourselves kind of doing, doing all kinds of things to bring in that revenue. But then we realized, no, 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 stick to the values and it'll come. So, yeah, I think that's something that people have to definitely think about uh, because in today's world, knowledge sharing information out out there is too much and it just becomes very overwhelming and very like easy to say, I'll start something, but you have to keep it going. Otherwise, it's not going to
0: sustain. Makes a lot of sense. I came across a brand while I was scrolling through Instagram Reels. Okay. I'm a person who is more towards into minimalism subtle colors and all of that so when i came across it and i found one of the reels i guess so and i then hopped on the page and started looking for more this is something that attracted me your subtle colors you know keeping the whole feed calm and all of that branding plays a major role here so how has that helped you overall to grow your brand like branding your packaging and all of that
1: Building a brand, it takes years, right? It takes time, it takes um, consistency, it takes a team. Because if you don't have the team, then the communication can go like this or go deviate or whatever it is in a very small, short manner. Um, If you just don't, if you guys are not on the same wavelength, right? So I think branding and packaging has definitely had a huge role in what we do. Uh, When we speak about branding for us, it's about how relatable we can be, right? how authentic we can be, how approachable we can be to the customers itself. And I think that is sometimes overlooked by many because we're trying too hard to make ourselves stand out as a brand, right? That's what many businesses, there's so many businesses in the space now that everyone is trying to stand out rather than just doing your thing, right? And doing it well and making sure that you're communicating it well, you're doing it well, your products speak for itself. I think that's what we need to focus on rather than competitors all the time and how do I succeed compared to this and this and this because then there's a lot of pressure that you're putting on yourself so I think to make branding very seamless and easy it just comes to being authentic it just comes to being like as simple as possible but yes we try to be creative like you've seen and then when you say subtlety and you say like colors and things like that yeah I mean that comes from the fact that our value main value is earth right our planet our our sustainability angle of it so All our colors are subtle. All our colors are kind of grounded. They're pastels. So we do stick to that as much as we can because consistency in colors is important. It helps you. Even if I tomorrow see a subtle color, you might think bare necessities, right? Hopefully. I think that's very important for brand recall and we've tried our best to stick to that. In terms of packaging, that's a very complex conversation as well because I think packaging speaks volumes, right? Especially in the past, uh, when we didn't have channels like the website or Instagram or Facebook, social media, whatever it is, we had packaging speak for itself, right? So we had lots of information that was just being packed on a small label, And I understand that, like, that was one way to just talk about ingredients, talk about benefits, put your slogan, put your vision, put everything on this label. But I think nowadays what has happened is we have so many different channels like social media and digital channels, and even scan, scan the QR code and things like that. Right it's making it so simple for us to actually go minimal with our packaging, right? It's making it easy for us to decrease the amount of content on our packaging, put the important stuff in there that's needed, of course, put the stuff that is aesthetic, put the stuff that is communicating what you need to communicate, but it need not be so crowded, which means you can minimize your packaging on a footprint or a sustainable level, right? What we did, for example, with our latest products that I launched that I mentioned on the, the dispensers that we sell, right? Rather than putting labels around it, we actually ended up printing on the bottle because then the labels are not waste, right? So these are small things that you can do these days because of the launch of like all these uh, social media channels that on the website, you can have all the information you need. On the social media, you can talk about it all you need. But on the packaging itself, you can have, of course, the government regulated kind of information, your information that is fun, and that's it, right? So I think now that we're a little bit digital heavy, we can push like especially the new businesses or the businesses that are, doing sustainability as a value, I think we can be the spearheading kind of push, bringing that change in packaging back from where it was to now. So it went from minimalism to heavy information. Now it's slowly going back to minimalism. And then it's about being smart about what information you're putting on there. And uh, that just comes with, you know, creativity and barcodes and placements and design. I think that's the another fun part of it.
0: Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Also, like, you know, I've seen brands initially when they are getting started, they put everything on it, you know, their Instagram usernames and whatnot. And for someone who is also using other brands and have been used to that type of packaging, this would look like he's trying to tell too many things in this now. So, you know, making sure, you know, you use each things for a particular channel and on the packaging and, you know, everything is placed well, that place so much, you know, it, it helps a lot. So when it comes to colors, I observed one thing, even your email font color is green. <laughs> so, I was wondering I mean, when I was scrolling through the email, how come this guy, then I figured out, oh. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I mean, like I love writing. Even when it comes to emails, I'm an email type of person. I also just love to have everything outlined properly, right? So for me, font colors and font. These two things play a key role in motivation within. So sometimes if it's just like black and sans serif or whatever that font is, I get bored and I'm like, literally in my mind, it's like, I don't want to do this, right? So instead, I want to make it a fun font and a color that I resonate with, font type that I resonate with. So my hand, maybe it looks like my handwriting, maybe it's a different type of font, but still professional, of course. And then that just keeps me going. It makes me want to type. Yeah, I think that's a, that's just a little digression. But yeah, that's just me there. Got
0: it. <laughs> so when it comes to content also, right, when I scroll through your website, there's a lot of content out there, you know, be it articles or, you know, podcasts for that matter. I think you'll have one, right? So there's so much uh, that goes into educating people. So how has that helped you in the long run? Because a lot of people think that, okay, if we want to, run the brand, even if we run ads for that matter, we are able to make sales, you know, that's most of them start with. But content marketing, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It takes time. There's a lot of efforts, research, educating, and all of that. How long you've been doing that? And what are some of the results that you're showing after doing it for a certain amount of time?
1: I mean, ever since I joined Bare Necessities now, I guess three and a half years ago, I've been heavily involved in the content part of things. And one thing we've done definitely is, Kept it close to our heart, right? So we've kept the marketing and the content creating in-house. We have not outsourced that. We because we believe that there is something, the strengths that we have as a team as well, in terms of creativity, in terms of what we want to communicate, is there, right? So why not leverage it? And so content marketing from the start and content creating from the start has been from within, including photography, including videography, ideating, planning, everything we do when it comes to this. So it has made it again that much easier for us to communicate within coordinate within and be like, okay, are we on the same wavelength as a brand as a team? And then this is going out because the moment you kind of lose track of that, it becomes confusing. It becomes content that is out there that might not be representing your brand. Like you would want it to. Um, so I think those couple of things we try to keep in-house as much as possible and we've said, okay, we have a team that is a that literally comes up with ideas and then we sit down and we think talk about these ideas and the content piece of it is something like when you look at our reels or you look at our uh, posts and things like that i think in today's world we are running after the engagement metrics solely right i'm not saying it's not important i'm not saying likes saves shares all that is not that we talk about and it's not part of our kpi meetings and all those things right but i do feel that in today's world because there's so many content creators There's so many viral trends and all these things that are happening. Everyone is talking about how do I go viral? How do I uh, get these many followers? How do I get these many likes, saves, shares? But at some point it's just about, guys, put the content out there. That's it, right? You feel this content is something you resonate with. If you're on the other side of this, you would resonate with that content. It's authentic, put it out there, right? If it doesn't get the likes, it's fine. It's okay, like it happens once in a while, you're not gonna get the likes. And it's going to be like, okay, cool. A learning process, what worked, go back to it. Right. So I think that has taught us, um, in terms of content making itself, what works for us, what doesn't work for us, keeping it in-house. So we've been very heavily involved when it comes to, uh, content making and content marketing.
0: Got it. So when it comes to Instagram reels, right. How do you go about strategizing the entire, uh, you know, the content for the month or a week? How do you go about it?
1: Just to give you like a background like a bigger picture we are of course heavy and big on instagram right and you can see you've seen that but we obviously are like present on many many different channels and we try to plan for the different channels because um, linkedin is going to have a different audience right and what kind of how they're going to read uh pinterest doesn't even read right um, you have twitter which is like yeah you have twitter which is this much so everything needs planning in that sense for different channels and different, what you're gonna, content might be the same, but how are you gonna communicate it to that audience is something we plan heavily. Um, and we do believe that, you know, I'd say, oh, go with the flow. Like I would say that, like we do do that a little bit, um, but at the same time, planning is key. So we actually do like um, weekly plans, I'd say. Sometimes we'd go into as far as bi-weekly plans um, where we know, we wouldn't say like, this is the content and this is what is gonna go in the deal. But we will say this is what needs to be communicated in this week right and then it's up to the team because i have a solid team i have two two to three people in my team right now who just you need to make sure that as a leader that they're able to just do it themselves right they own up to it they ideate they come up with the ideas and then we have a meeting right so before i was doing it now it's about of course helping the you know next one in line to kind of do it so uh, it's really cool to see that you can just be like okay this is the strategy for the week or this is the strategy for the bi-week or sometimes we do monthly because if it's something like Diwali, right? That's going to need a whole month planning ahead of time. So we do that, and then it's about okay executing. What kind of ideas can we come up with? How many can we come up with? And then we go into the nitty-gritty. So then we go into what goes in each reel. And for us, when it comes to reels, again, there's many trends. You can easily put your face in a um, in front of the camera and get thousands of likes, right? And we do do that. I'm not saying we don't do that, but. At times it's also about just finding your authenticity as a brand in that. Do you resonate with that trend? Do you resonate with that? If not, then it's just gonna feel um, fake in many ways, right? At the same time, we, we what we try to do is like leverage these trends and push our products rather than pushing my face or pushing Sahir's face or someone talking or it's like, how do we make it really cool to get our products in there but still make it viral or, or not viral, but a part of the trend. I think that's that's really cool in how we strategize, how we plan. And what goes, then we get into what goes into each reel. But we don't do that from the start. We first have a broad idea and then narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow it down. But again, I have to emphasize that it comes down to the team you are building. Because when you interview or when you interact or when you're helping someone grow or anything like that, if the wavelength is not there or it's just very difficult, right? So I think that's one of the key things that I would want anyone to take away from this.
0: I like your approach yeah when it comes to that right even the team needs to come up with their own ideas and you know need to have that energy you know or to think on the same wavelength as you said so most of the reels that I came across as well like you know they were made in-house like you know someone is behind the scenes sort of thing so how has that helped you when it comes to you know showing the people behind the brand because i've seen uh, other brands as well where you know it's just the product product and you know uh, models and all the fancy stuff but over here it's not that way it's completely other way around so how has that helped you and how do you go about planning that as well
1: yeah so that i mean there is um i would say a challenge right so the small business you need to always generate revenue you need to try to stay profitable you need to Uh, make sure you're taking care of the team. So that's when the products come in and um, it needs to be shown, especially when you're doing paid ads or whatever it is. Right. Um, But as a, as a organic kind of content marketing that we do from in-house team, I think it's very important to talk about like, like the emphasis I'm putting on my, our team is huge, right? The emphasis that we have on our packaging, the emphasis we have on us on our team culture, all that is massive in why we are who we are today right? And to have um, content pieces out there that communicates this to people is important because they need to know you are humans. We're humans, right? A lot of the times when we talk to brands that have chat systems or brands that have like um, someone you're talking to and saying, I want a return. I want this. I want that. No one is communicating with that brand, understanding that there's a human behind that. Right. So I think sometimes it's about putting this content out there because you need to understand, people need to understand, including myself, of course, like we're all part of this consumerism atmosphere, but uh, we just need to understand that these are the people behind the brand. These are the people that are benefiting from the brand by working here. So our women run manufacturing team, they're handcrafting your products. They're doing it with care. They're doing it with love. They're uh, from various socioeconomic backgrounds that are learning English, upskilling themselves and so many different things. Right. And people need to see that because A brand is bigger than its products. I think we became very product centric and very purchase centric, um, especially in today's era, right, where we're consuming at a very fast paced rate, we need to slowly start thinking, how do we communicate the brand? And how do we communicate the vision? Because that's where sustainability, you know, climate action, um, gender equality, you're talking about plastic free living, all these also have to be communicated rather than just my product, right? So, some people who are looking at our social media might resonate with a moisturizer that I'm holding out with a glass jar, right? And it's, Hey, this is zero waste because you can reuse refill and return this jar back to better necessities. But another person might actually learn from the fact that, Hey, uh, this is the team that is working on packing your products with this packaging. Right? So the idea that I'm communicating to you is the same. It's sustainable. It's earth friendly. It's this. So, but we're communicating it either through a product Or through our team or through content that is raising awareness of the issue Um, so i think just having a holistic approach to content marketing and content creating rather than just your products helps you have fun internally of course because you're just diversifying what you need to do but also when you put it out there people are not just going to get bored of your content they're going to relate to your content they're going to find you a human authentic brand that they can relate to it'll also make them sometimes want to support you more and make hopefully our world or our follower base, a little bit more compassionate or empathetic.
0: Got it. Uh, So you also do a lot of webinars, not webinar, webinar, but podcast or interview sort of thing. That's what I saw when I was scrolling through you or maybe the founder. Okay. Not a lot of D2C brands are doing that, you know, taking an approach to educating people, talking to them, you know, talking to other brands where, you know, your audience can listen to your brand story and all of that so how has that helped you because we do it a lot when it comes to b2b SaaS. you know unless and until you don't educate people it's hard for you to sell and we do all of these uh, webinars podcasts and all of them but when a d2c brand does it it's different and i i'm just curious to understand how does that work and how do you go about planning that
1: i think when we when our brand started in about 2016, 2017, Um, We were the first brand in this space, literally the first speaking about sustainability. And we were the first brand to actually bring stainless steel straws, right? And now when you think about it, everyone has it, everyone is doing it. And there's lots of space in the market as well to approach this. But when we joined uh, or when we started this kind of first mover advantage, as you'd like to call it, we found that to, to sell sustainable products, we had to be in person talking to you about it right uh, because as a starting business you don't have the marketing budget to do paid ads all the time you don't have the marketing budget to do get all these tools and uh, retention marketing and all these things you don't have that budget so what is what you have is capital yourself human capital and that's it um so we went to lots of pop-ups and did lots of workshops um on sustainable living and when we and this ended up slowly becoming a very clever marketing leverage for us to tap into different audiences, right? Uh, for example, pop-ups. Not many people, when when I do, when we do pop-ups as a team, um, there are many people who don't necessarily shop online when you think about it, right? Of course, majority do, but there are people who come to this pop-up and they're like, oh my God, wow, I, can't, I want to touch and feel your product and only then I want to buy it, right? So I think being present in these kind of events to talk about our product, to raise awareness about why we are doing certain things To put a face again behind the brand is what helps the most at times. Um, People also come to our office as itself to buy products because they want to see and touch, feel. So I think that's very important. On the awareness side of things, which is the workshops, we continued doing this, right? So even after we launched and our products, you know, got its kind of, our brand started growing and things were going well and all that. But we started realizing that, again, being in person at these workshops is, again, a very clever marketing leverage, but also achieves our goal of uh, wanting to raise awareness of zero-based living or sustainability, which is just core to who we are. When we do these workshops, of course, we don't say buy our products, right? But it's a brand recall. It's an indirect brand uh, placement kind of thing where it's like, hey, these guys also do this, but they're also doing a fun, interactive, engaging session for corporate employees, for organizations, for different stakeholders. Um, So I think that was a great thing that we continue doing today. So even today, I think this just yesterday, I went to a university and I did two workshops for 120 odd students, right? Who are thinking about design. But later on, they're like, hey, what do you guys do? And why do you do it? And all, and they they're curious about the brand as well, not just what you're talking about. So that's also very, again, a diverse kind of approach of how people can come and see you rather than just the paid ads and things like that. And that also led us to thinking about um, the online space and um, online education, right? So this happened during the pandemic, it was a pandemic project uh, where again, logistics was hit, but we knew that we were doing so many workshops and we started doing the workshops virtually and people started and companies like Capgemini, Cisco, so many companies started asking us to be like, hey, can you do the workshop? Can you come here and do the workshop? Can you do this workshop virtually? So what we did is we're like, okay, we have a lean team, so uh, we cannot be everywhere, but let's scale it up, right? So let's come up with online courses. Which then people can learn from, and that's how we came up with the three online courses. And today, an organization like Cognizant has actually enrolled fifty thousand employees of their uh, workforce in our online course on their LND, right? So it's kind of crazy to see that. And then whoever those fifty thousand people are, wherever, are just looking at who this brand is and why are they again educating? But why? What else are they doing? And I think that's where we thought about okay, marketing is bigger than just the. Typical things we talk about: social media, paid ads, retention. It's also about how creative you can be with the others things that you can do. So we continue, like I said, workshops, education, core to who we are. Because you ask anyone in our team, everyone is passionate about sustainability. Everyone is passionate about low waste living. Then you have workshops that you're raising awareness of, and indirectly at the bottom of that, you are pushing the brand, of course, because that's a marketing, um, always a marketing leverage. So yeah, I think in person workshops always key, um, education always key. Um, educating
0: the market to sell to the market is also very important. I love it, Mehil. I just love the <laughs> approach. It's so much more than what people usually do the typical way, right? So when you spoke about pop-ups, right, what are some of the metrics that you keep a tab on to come back home thinking, okay, this pop-up was helpful or this was successful? Yeah, yeah. Because uh most of them when they go to a pop-up, they go with a thought in mind that okay while I'm coming back home these are the number of sales that I need to bring in but usually it doesn't happen that way not everyone who comes there would be interested to buy from you but at the same time they would also if not buying but still they'll come across your brand they'll know your brand and they'll talk to you and all of that right so what are some of the metrics you keep a tab on and then uh, move forward with it
1: great question actually so There's hard metrics and soft metrics that I look at when I'm deciding which pop-up we need to be at. Um, So when I say soft metrics, I mean like who is curating the pop-up, right? Uh, What kind of people are they attracting? Uh, What kind of marketing are they doing? Um, Is it like earth-friendly? Is it like veganism? Is it, are they talking about um, slow consumerism? Are they talking about just good products Um, or or things like that, right? Another metric, soft metric, before I even decide on this would be Um, how many brands are actually going to be there, right? Am I just going to get lost? Or am I going to have a good kind of visibility? Because I am putting so much effort to be there, then what is the point if there's so many brands and hardly any people are going to see me there, right? So these are a few of the things that I keep in mind when I'm deciding which pop-up we even have to uh, be part of. Um, Once we're there, of course, it comes down to the hard metrics, right? So of course, revenue, one of them. But at the same time, I wouldn't say that uh, While as now many pop, there's so many pop-up events that are happening across India, um, that there's a commercial structure associated with it, right? So to set up a stall, you need to pay this much. You need to be part of it because they are going with their, they have their own costs that they incur, which I understand totally. So I think the first thing is, of course, can we break even that, right? Can we make sure that we, that that cost is recovered through the sales we make? I think that is one of the key. If that happens, then I'm in my heart, in my mind, I'm a little aram, you know, I'm a little content <laughs> because I think, okay, cool, like we did what we could, and then we have the visibility. We've talked to X number of people. And then the last second metric I look at is footfall. And then that gauges how whether I will go whether we will go to that pop-up again in the future. Right. Of course that pop-up is growing and they're finding ways to bring more footfall. But what kind of footfall? What kind of people were there? What kind of conversations did I have? Was it difficult conversations or was it conversations that people were just resonating with me? And I'm happy to have the difficult conversations as well. Right. So, because it's about raising awareness and make, helping people change. So um, I think those are the couple soft and hard metrics that I look at before and after a pop-up. Um, and like you said, revenue at the end of it does come to round with revenue. Um, it's not all about profitability to be in a business. That's for sure. Uh, it's about people and it's about the planet. So there's three Ps that exist. Uh, but uh, yeah, to sustain the team revenue is something we have to talk about. And that's something that I do look at, uh, as one of the many metrics.
0: That's amazing. And, uh, I, I love the approach here when you go about, you know, the kind of metrics you need to keep a tab on because most of them just keep it towards sales and then they come back home disappointed. And next time when yeah. there's even a better pop-up, they don't even give a thought to it, so exactly. yeah, but you
1: never is- know, right? I mean, someone might come see your, see your product today. And they might just be like, I don't have a bag in their mind. It might just be like, I don't have a bag to carry this home. So I'll go on their website and order it later, or I might do it later, but just that you're in the back of their head in their subconscious is all that matters, especially in these in-person type of events, workshops, education, um, and all that we talked about earlier as well.
0: Got it. Got it. So slowly moving to an opinion based question. Okay. So what is that one overhyped marketing tactic? that you feel is not as effective there's many uh,
1: because i feel like a lot of things can be looked at as overhyped if you don't do it effectively right i think something like paid advertising paid marketing for customer acquisition um is overhyped right i feel like everyone is
0: we are on the same wave- wavelength yeah okay cool
1: awesome <laughs> so i think that is very overhyped because people expect Facebook's, Instagram's, Google's to acquire customers and generate revenue forever, right? Um, But Facebook, Instagram has already gone through its algorithm changes, and they've like really changed things up, which has made it extremely expensive, first of all, to advertise on these channels. Um, But also, it's customer acquisition. So you're going to buy these customers, or you're going to attract these customers, let's say. um, They're going to buy maybe once, twice, max, and then they're going to leave, right? Um, and they might not remember your brand again. So then it comes down to their attention and all that, keeping them happy and things like that. But I think paid advertising is overhyped, but it is needed, right? To grow, it is needed. So while it is overhyped, people put an insane amount of budget in it. That's what I feel, From personally, I feel that is overhyped. But if you limit that budget and you balance that budget with everything else that you're doing, so building that content-creating team, uh, talking about a little bit about customer loyalties and happiness, um uh, talking about you know touch points with them in terms of workshops and pop-ups then all of a sudden that paid advertising actually makes sense right it's not so overhyped anymore because those same customers that, that you're acquiring uh, spending a decent amount of money on right um, those people might see you elsewhere or they might even go in for something that you might be not even interested in like a bulk order you never know right so everything all the marketing tactics today is i feel if you do it in an extreme it's overhyped right? Uh, because everyone is ex- expecting results from it and outcomes from it. But I think if you balance it out with all the other things that actually marketing is, then it, all the hype comes down a little bit uh, and you're able to kind of still make effective use of it. But yes, all in all, paid advertising is like my um, love-hate relationship. <laughs> I want to do it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, like, is there ways that I can uh, do the same thing elsewhere, right? So I think that's where that would be some
0: one um, one thing that's overhyped for me. Got it. Because even we at ContentSify, again, we are a content marketing agency. We wouldn't uh, (laughs) think of paid ads and all. Uh, But yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) overall, even we feel the same, same thing what you mentioned, right? So if you had to give like five marketing tips for any entrepreneur who is getting started with a lean budget, what would they be?
1: Um, so I think number one would be take advantage of who you are, right? Um, as a person, like be out there. It's not just a digital space. People want to see you. People want to hear from you. So be that human that they want you to be so that you're relatable. Um, and I think that's number one. Number two, I'd say something like authenticity in the content you're putting out. Um, it's not just about those numbers or those metrics, but it's also about like, the content that you're putting out there is it truly you and if it's not 100 truly you is it at least 50 75 percent truly you because you're trying to keep up with trends and so on it's fine but um, try to keep every single aspect of your business authentic to yourself and to what you are building and to what you're contributing to because then it's just going to deviate and it's just going to go down a slippery slope in many ways i think another tip would be understanding your audience's journey right with paid ads okay cool i can i can target and uh, do retargeting ads and uh, find your location and interests and all these things but i think we have to be a little softer with that as well it's not that you know concrete in that those are my customers that i need to target right but i think we need to be soft in terms of like okay we're humans um, and if i have to come across content that i want that i will resonate with as a person considering these are my interests what kind of content would i want to see and how would i come across that content How would I interact with that content? And then what will happen after that? I think that's something that people need to chart, like an an audience journey or a customer journey um, to understand that, okay, they're coming from here. Instagram might be our biggest channel. After Instagram, they might see us on LinkedIn. After that, they might do a workshop and then they might end up making a purchase. Or it might be as soon as come to the website and purchase, right? But based on this, what kind of content should we put out there? and while, while it being authentic. So I think that's another one. I think the last two would be something like um, curiosity and being open-minded. And it comes down to what we talked about paid ads, right? Um, everyone thinks paid ads is the one of the solutions you have to do, but there's other things. Of course, this is effective, but there's other things you can do to acquire customers. Um, so I think be curious, open-minded, be curious about the different channels that exist. Instagram might be huge, but What is happening on the YouTube? What is happening on the LinkedIn? What is happening on the Pinterest? And why are they doing well? So be curious, open-minded to actually just go in there, start at it and learn as you go. And the last thing I think is what I mentioned earlier. I mean, planning is important, uh, but going with the flow is also equally important Um, because planning is not going to pan out the way every single time, right? Um, You will have to do some sort of or you might have to like plan like this or you might have to like suddenly shift strategies because something happened. Um, So planning is great, but at the same time, be ready to for things to just go a little here and there where you have to just be on your toes. Um, Yeah, I think those would be my five quick tips. (laughs) I want to say that I'm also learning. I'm not like a, I don't know it all. Every single day is like a learning process. So this is just what I've learned.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. I'm sure the people who are listening to this uh, will find it insightful uh, probably yeah. like gold nuggets each tip was that i would say <laughs>
1: <laughs> i hope so i hope so. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah also i loved your approach to marketing mihul how you are building the team and how you are taking things forward subtly slowly but end of the day like you know it's bringing results and that's all i had to ask you today thank you for taking out your time uh, on a saturday afternoon and talking to us we've been uh, trying to do this from a very long time back and forth but finally we did it and it was just amazing thank you for taking all the time talking to us yeah
1: and thank you so much for having me thank you so much for the platform you're building thank you for the episodes that you guys are doing to raise awareness of these things and talk about have like just meaningful conversations and holding that space right I think we lots of times we don't have the space to just discuss or talk about something so thank
0: you for doing all that found this episode insightful follow us on Spotify to listen to more of such conversations every week.